Um, our next speaker is Marcus Adams uh, from JTP, who's going to be talking about guiding development in Winchester. Um, JTP have been working on an extensive exercise on looking at uh, future options for the development of this precious city centre. Um, some people argue that it is the, the most significant historic city in England. Marcus. Just while we're waiting, good, good morning everybody. Um, I spotted four or five faces in here who've probably seen some of this, so uh, apologies. Um, there's nothing new, um, but we can, we can take you on that journey. Um, I thoroughly enjoy working in Winchester, and I, I, looking out there, I recognise a number of familiar faces. Um, probably over the last ten years, I've undertaken three projects here. Uh, two of them have started in a similar way, which is my first slide, uh, or at least prior to my, my involvement or our practice involvement, uh, seen considerable demonstrations in the city. So here we go. Um, so it's just that one side of ways. Yeah, great. Okay, that's right, okay. Okay, so um, central Winchester regeneration, and uh, this is 2014 in, in the city. Um, the site, which we'll explain in a moment, has been called Silver Hill. Uh, we've now changed it to the much more snappy. Go on, yes, absolutely, fine, fine. Well, that's right. This was called Silver Hill. Um, we've now renamed it the more snappier Central Winchester Regeneration uh, Project. Um, and you know, we're, we're, we'll explain the site in a moment, but it has lain vacant or underutilised uh, for many years. Uh, there's been various design briefs, 2003, planning applications from 2007 onwards, and this is 2014 uh, with the phrase, listen to the people. Um, for those who can't see it, it says, Winchester deserves better, um, and that continues now in, in terms of what we propose of, of, of really people's interest um, and involvement uh, in the city and what happens. Um, this is the site area. Um, we're not... We're, Okay, we're in the building at the bottom down here in the, in the guild hall just off the Broadway. Uh, it covers the area to the north of us, um, uh, the bus station, um, the Brooks, which is a shopping centre defined by Friars Gate, um, uh, and the Broadway uh, further to the south there, which we'll touch on in a minute. Um, anyway, we, it is, proves it is possible uh, to win projects through OJUs. For those that compete on them, our strike rate is, is not particularly great. But we were. This is uh, we at the end of 2016. Uh, the city council put out an OJU uh, notice uh, for practices to undertake this piece of work. And I think, in credit to the city council, the brief was very much focused around, given the experience of the demonstration and the opposition to what had come before, was about building a consensus and getting people on, on board to rebuild really the foundations and the, and the framework for this proposal going forward. So we started in January 2017 and what we felt we did on this project is, is we're based in London but we put together a team um, of, of other local people that we knew with a, the, that had an understanding um, of the place here. So we worked with Snug Architects, uh, Ubu Landscape who were here, Proponomics who did our work into uh, various economy, Atkins helped on highways, Rockmore and Osmond Brooks are our agents. And I think that was quite important for us that there was a team combining that knowledge and expertise. We had a process which we talked through of understanding, engaging and creating. And very much for us, 
This has been an engagement process over uh, 18 months, which only finished two months ago in June 18 with the adoption of the supplementary planning document uh, that's been our piece of work. So to take you through, this has probably been one of our most extensive community processes we've undertaken. Um, I think we've probably had direct involvement of over 1,500 local people in that process. Um, we started with a launch back in, in, in February of 2017, publicising the event um, uh, and setting up a background exhibition. Um, we then started what we called our community animation and roadshows. And I think what's really interesting about Winchester and probably many other, a number of other cities that we'll hear about today is I think there's two types of people that come to our event in Winchester. There are the people that live here, um, they tend to walk or cycle here, they have a view of the way that the city should be as a place of streets uh, and, and the quality of the public realm, and, but generally it's a more, this is, this, their, their centre is their city and they live in close proximity to it. But you also remember that there are numbers of outlying villages who see Winchester as their, as their focal centre, and those people have a slightly different view. And I think politically, you see that within the city council themselves, those councils that will represent the areas around the city and those that will represent the outlying towns. So we, as part of this, we tried to catch them to, to also to Bishop's Waltham. We stood at the railway station. Um, various uh, local schools, um, other people around the site, really to, get a, 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 to spread the word that this process uh, was going underway. Lots of publicity, we, we, we distributed over 13,000 flyers, put posters, had a banner spanning the high street, and that culminated in this event, actually in, in this building, in, in, uh, partly in this room and the room next door um, in March of 17. Over the course of two days, over 700 people turned up with the result that we actually had to run two simultaneous workshops, one here and one in the room next door. The level of engagement was fantastic, the level of creativity, and over those two days, I think really emerged uh, a, consensus, a consensus around what people wanted to see. But we, you can see here, we, did, we ran various workshops, we did site tours, uh, that's the room next door, um, uh, with lots of people. We ran with local colleges uh, and young people trying to set the vision for this. Um, what's key also is, as part of this process, in terms of hands-on planning, where people are sitting around tables, is that the, the, the participants themselves are reporting back on the process. That in some way, um, we're letting people speak to generate, to generate that, that consensus. Uh, we worked away in the hotel uh, next door, compiling the vast amount of uh, information and recording, and it was, it's all documented, and there's an extensive section in the SPD. And then we finally reported back, twice actually, the 4th of April and the 4th of July, in, in what the vision for the central Winchester regeneration area was going to be. And we ended up with 10 themes. And so um, overall, there was pretty much support. I think most people, 99%, wanted things to happen. And it was just the way that it wanted, the, the way that it happened um, that the people were interested in. This term Winchester's, Winchesterness, which I'll come on to in a moment, I think people felt it should be of the place. How does something new um, feel that it belongs? Streets, spaces, water, the city experience, the city economy. I think the previous proposal, which had led to the negative reaction, had big retail units, had a multi-storey car park. Um, as a driver of its brief, it meant that it was quite difficult to sit in, to sit in within a historic fabric. And I think people say, actually, this is about what Winchester is. It's made up of lots of little things. It's got diversity um, and it's got variety of use. Um, 
getting about, buses, we've come up with a proposal to move the, the bus station, heritage, there were heritage assets on the site that had previously been um, removed and demolished, housing community, delivery and meanwhile use, and we'll talk, come to that at the end, and community participation to keep this process going. Um, <coughs> over the summer of last year, um, we, we undertook some further things. In many of these events, we had a very good uh, attendance, but it was noticeable that the Generation X was missing. Uh, we went out to find them uh, in various places across the city, uh, undertook surveys with them. We held a particular workshop around the, the creative industry and the creative economies. I think we discovered that a lot of people had moved here uh, or had been away and returned and, and, and were starting small businesses that the city didn't really provide for. We held a developer forum to get some commercial response back. Um, and we also did detailed surveys of bus users, bus stops, uh, and various of the movement. In some way, a very, very comprehensive piece of analysis. Um, and we then did our formal consultation on the brief. And again, we were back out both within the city and within the towns that, that are around. And the SPD, as I said, was finally adopted on the 20th of June this year. Um, 1,500 people engaged. And now is the starting point, really, from that framework to moving forward. And what came out of it is really, it was, a, it was mixed use. It wasn't retail dominated. Retail is changing. It's pedestrian friendly, distinctly Winchester, and that supports vibrant retail, cultural and heritage offers set within exceptional public realm and the imaginative reuse of existing buildings of historic interest. And we had from that six, uh, eight key objectives. Um, the ones I'll talk about, Winchesterness, there was also an idea of incremental delivery. And I think when you look at this site, it's, it, 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 it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a large site, but if you place it over the central Winchester, where you, the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker have done their different bits over time, there was a, I think there was a fear that something that just lands, one big thing, was not the right answer. And the framework there has been specifically designed to allow pieces to come forward incrementally. And we came up with a very technical term, bit by bit, and it seemed to stick that actually this is somewhere that will grow itself in its own time. Now, it's been around since 2003, 15 years. Um, some people might want it to happen quicker, but actually if we go around this in the right steps, perhaps we'll get something uh, that feels right and belongs. Um, I'll move on. So, history, what's fascinating about the city, and there are people in the audience who it's much better than me, but actually the pattern from both prehistoric times through to Roman is the pattern of the city. You can still recognise it from the early, settle early settlement. You can see our, uh, the study area, central Winchester study area, uh, to the right-hand side of that slide, um, sitting within there, the late Roman uh, sort of grid of streets. This is Godson's map of 1750. Um, the pattern is, is recognisable today. Um, but this site has always been the bottom end of town. The bottom of the, the bottom of the slope by the river, the place for the abattoir, and then the abattoir was replaced by the bus station. Um, and you can see, actually, naturally, our site sits very much at the bottom, um, at Middle Brook Street, Lower Brook Street, and they're where the rivers run, and that the culverts themselves. And actually, when you come out of here later, and just look out for some of those grids where you see the water uh, rushing under your feet outside. Interesting, from 1932, Godston's uh, plan is still pretty much intact. 1963, um, the planners, probably architects and highway engineers, decided to create a new street which cut through with pretty much wholesale clearance. And 2017, you can see the two very, very large blocks where the historic grains disappeared. 
So, what is this Winchesterness? We sort of as you, as you walk around this place, it's a series of unfolding views. You see things, it leads you, it, it, it tempts you to go to the next place. And as part of that sequence, we started to look at some of the places on that route, the Broadway, the Square, Jury Street, and what is the character of these places. Um, we measured their section, looked at their proportion of their enclosure. Um, the, the high street is wider at the top. It's almost a one-to-one -one proportion across that street. And then it narrows as your experience changes as you move along into a proportion where the, the height is one and a half to two times its width. So we started setting up these enclosure ratios about the character of what these streets feel like. And what, what to be a pedestrian to experience it, that we create new streets uh, of those proportions. And as part also, we then came up with the eight principles of what we thought. We had lots of debate. People, a lot of people said, actually, Winchesterness is also about, it's psychological, it's social, uh, it's emotional. We pinned this for the moment on the physical and said, actually, it was about an evolving sequence of streets and spaces for discovery and surprise. New streets to draw characteristics of the existing ones to ensure the appropriate scale and character. Streets vary in width and functional along their length and rarely are two sides parallel. I think this is really interesting. When you look at the previous proposal, it's a very much a grid with orthogonal streets. Nothing, um, everything is parallel. Public spaces are typically small. There aren't grand spaces within the city. Contrasts and irregularities in forms and heights of buildings make them interesting. The topography of the city means the place is experienced on lots of different levels, and I'll show you the views at high level. The city has a sensitive relationship with water, and the intricacy and layering of materials uh, and features create Winchester's character. So there are eight principles that have got to be demonstrated. So this is the site. We've got two existing buildings, the Wallstapers Hall, which is probably the, is the tallest building we see on the skyline, and the Antiques Market, which is quite a sweet building, not listed, that sits in the centre of the site, and under the previous proposal was to be removed. We've got various listed buildings around the edge. The blue dotted lines here are the culverts that run under the Brook Streets. They're hidden beneath our feet, and I think lots of our, uh, apart from at the southern end, where, where you start to see elements of, of, of the river as you cross Friars Gate, um, those culverts are hidden, and, and there is the opportunity to try and reopen some of these culverts. Land ownership. When we started this project, it was slightly more fragmented. This piece here is the bus station, um, which was acquired by the City Council as part of jury, the process, which means that the City Council, in one way or another, has got really um, uh, ownership of the, of the vast majority of the site. But we did, you can see the other orange, blue, purple, red pieces. The framework is designed to respect those ownership boundaries and to allow pieces to come forward incrementally. So in the framework, that was our study area. The first was to improve the space out here. You come out this building, it's got a wonderful, wonderful facade facing north. The pavement's very narrow on the north side, you can't stand and look at it. The sunny side, the street, uh, the pavement's narrowed, it's full of taxis. Um, it's a real opportunity to create a civic space in front of this wonderful building. The second was the King Alfred statue, which is over to our right over here. It's the point at which most tourists come to the, they get off their coaches, they stand there and have their photograph taken. And there are eight car parking spaces that sit under that statue. We said, look, the first thing you should do, let's get... Hopefully, actually, I didn't check last night. They've assured me they were either about to be removed or maybe they'll be removed or look later. Um, creating a setting for King Alfred as, as the gateway to the, the city. The Lower High Street, because of the reconfigure of the configuration of the bus station, which happened last September. Buses no longer go up. Buses, for many years, have come out in front of this building 
gone right up the, uh, the lower high street and then taken a very sharp right by Marks and Spencers, you know, down a very narrow street and actually that compromised both the retail feeling and also the public realm. So with them gone, we could have, there was an opportunity to really improve that area of the high street. We've, uh, as part of the river walk, you can head south, but there's a disconnect north. Um, so the idea of creating a riverside walk, opening up the culverts to create a, a very, very soft and green edge. Reinstate, uh, keeping Tanner Street, but making sure that the buildings themselves created a street where the both sides of the street aren't parallel. And Middle Brook Street, where the brook's larger remains, there are four trees in there which were planted and now got very large, and that's one of the best views in the city. You stand at the junction of Friarsgate and Middle Brook Street and see the cathedral, but you can't because the trees are in the way. So we were, in some way, sorry to the previous speaker, um, uh, we're planted to be the, uh, uh, where we're planted are the ones, is to really open that view. And then create a setting for the antiques market by predominantly the grain of the city of these north-south streets with alleyways connecting east or west. And we create two there, one via the uh, antique shop, antiques hall, and the second we call Friarsgate Passage, um, and Silver Hill is the third of those small east-west alleyways. Um, look at improvements to the brooks. Um, relocation of the bus hub, we looked in two, we've got two alternatives that are currently out being tested. Uh, one is on the Friesgate car park there, and the second is a slightly different version where we bring the, the buses and slightly reconfigure the highway network. Um, we think there's opportunities beyond on sites that may come forward, so we indicated long-term objectives of wider connectivity, and that's our framework. And the framework is very, it's, a, it's, a, it's really that skeleton. We don't know what buildings are coming forward, we don't know what their use, but there's a public realm there that sets out the streets in their proportion. Each one sits within its hierarchy of being wider or narrower. Um, very simply, ground floor uses go from busy to quiet. The almshouses with the elderly people on, on the, on the right-hand side up to where the, uh, is the more younger area and, 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 and pubs that stay later uh, to the left. But there's a mix then of mixed uses in commercial, leisure, culture, heritage and community. And the, the stars on there are really the idea that there are cultural um, community uses in here. There's a, the idea of a museum potentially could come here. We talked about markets. Um, those are positioned in the places we felt make a real difference to encourage footfall. Lots of debate about height on the previous scheme as well. Uh, the key views from Joyce Gardens, Blue Ball, uh, Blue Ball Hill and St Giles. And we started to analyse these views what buildings and what was the layering of the roofscape that we, that we see. And we set various lines. We also did work on what forms were, whether they were long gables, whether, uh, whether it was long pitched roofs, whether they were flat roofs. And overall the guidance was very much that you, you respected and it had to be modelled to sit within that context. We had to understand what it looked like from those viewpoints. So actually the guidance was fairly, fairly loose. We set some um, maximum heights, we set the position which uh, some buildings could go higher and the darker purple was the area that it had to be lower and we said there had to be variety and actually quite often we pick up briefs that say two-story three-story but what does it mean actually all of these can be stacked the uses in different ways gives us different heights of buildings so we referred to datums um, and whether it was the top whether it was the parapet or whether it was actually the ridge in setting the, setting that, that work so that's the master plan or the framework um, the Broadway, as I said, could be transformed, the opportunity for markets, events. It has been closed in the past, but an opportunity really of narrowing the carriageway and creating a proper uh, public space. The opening up of the Riverside Walk through the, bus the former bus station to take you onto the Riverside Walk 
opening up this view from Friesgate towards the Guild Hall, which has not been uh, visible for many, many years. You see, you see the building there along the distance. Creating these narrow passageways, we call this Friesgate Passage, uh, which, which creates a, a, an east-west connection. And Middle Brook Street, with those four trees removed, shows the, the opening up of the view through the cathedral. Creating a space, quite a tight space, around the old antiques market. And then Friesgate relocating the bus station, um, in cre creating a, a really a new edge uh, uh, to the street. Things have started to happen. The, the main move was the getting the buses. The buses have now been out in front of us for the last year. Uh, it was opened in September 2015. The SPD included lots of suggestions about meanwhile uses. Um, and as my last update is that there are now a number of working groups established within the council to look at the area along the Broadway and the public realm, to look at archaeology, uh, to look at some of the, the opportunities that exist, especially on the, uh, the, the red uh, pinky area there, um, uh, for, for bringing me a wild uses in, and I understand very, very shortly a new use is about to open in the antiques market. The Brooks themselves have given themselves a bit of a facelift, and I think this is just the start, hopefully, of what I describe as the bit-by-bit -bit transformation um, of this part of Winchester. Um, so that's a document, if you have a look, uh, thank you for that. And my colleague has made me do an unashamed plug at the end about charrettes and actually involving communities in the process, is this book, 2020 Visions, of, of 20 case studies of how communities have been involved in different projects across the globe. Thank you very much.